0: Welcome to the very first episode of Motorsport with Leverage. I'm Adam Leverage, the Founder and Managing Director of Leverage Promotions and each month I'll be engaging in topical and sometimes quirky discussions with figures from practically every rung of the motorsport ladder, from karting to Formula One. I'm here to take you right into the heart of the action, behind the scenes in pit lanes around the world at some of the highest profile motorsport events. In this episode, we'll look back on the opening round of the 2022 European Le Mans series in Le Castellet, where Algarve Pro Racing and RLR M-Sport both celebrated podium successes in their respective classes and categories. Bent Viscal joins me to talk about how he, teammate Sophia Fleursch and Algarve Pro achieved the team-best second-place finish at Circuit Paul Ricard. And we will also chat with RLRM Sports Horst Felix Felbermeyer, who secured a podium result on his car racing debut in the Ligier European Series. Joining us now is Bent Fiscal, a very warm welcome to Motorsport with Leverage, Bent. Thank you. And we must offer a huge congratulations on a superb result in the south of France. Has it sunk in yet?
1: Yes, it has, um, no, absolutely over the moon, of course, a very good, uh, very good result, um, very good debut. Um, of course, we were aiming to be on the podium, um, as I said in the beginning, but to do it in the first uh, first race is already a very good result and um, yeah, I couldn't be more happy, well, I could of course be happier, but um, you know, I'm already quite happy with the results we got in Borica. Uh,
0: you made your endurance racing debut in the Castellay with Algarve Pro Racing and you scored a podium finish with Sophia Flash. What was the secret behind your successful debut?
1: I don't really think there was any um, particular secret. I just think we worked uh, very well together as a team. Testing didn't get off, you know, didn't start off fantastically. Um, but You know, we just kept working also in the days in between. And, you know, got the setup much better for the race than, uh, than it was. Um, before, because there was quite a lot of tricky conditions on track as well, Uh, or I mean, I have to say changing conditions, Um, so yeah, I would just say, uh, you know, dedicated work from all the team, from all the engineers, uh, you know, made it happen.
0: Yeah, but also your podium with Sofia was the first for two silver rated drivers and the best overall finish for a female driver in the European Le Mans series history. The LMP2 field this season is the strongest ever, so it must feel extremely pleasing when you see the drivers and teams you are competing against.
1: To be honest, yes and, and no. I mean, uh, I'm not really a type of guy that you know likes to raise all the all the rest of the grid and, and stuff like that. I just think you need to focus on the on your own performance rather than anything else. Um, of course, it's very nice to see that there are a lot of names. Um, you know very very good names in the world of endurance um but again it, it, it doesn't mean much more to me personally um and i mean i'm just very happy that we got it all together in the end
0: one thing that really struck me in le castellet was how close yours and sophia's stint averages were that must bode well for the rest of the season surely
1: um yes i think so um you know being new to everything and i mean of course you know, uh, having had a little problems uh, on the radio didn't help, uh, <laughs> but in the end, you know, we managed well and I think, um, you know, for the rest of the season, I just think we're only getting stronger. I will get more used to the car and I think Sophia will only improve as well. So um, yeah, I mean, I expect uh, a lot of progress this year.
0: You've said that you had a lot to learn in Le Castellet. You come to the European Le Mans series from a single-seater background with two podium finishes in the FIA Formula Two Championship last year. What have you had to do to adapt to endurance racing? And what's the biggest difference for you as a driver?
1: Well, I mean, the strategy, um, you know, working together with the teammates is, is of course quite different different than, uh, than you know, single-seater because you really only have to set up the car for your liking. Um, in this case, of course, you need to make a compromise um, even though I have to say our feedback was very, very similar always, which is a good thing. Um, uh, yes, as I said, strategy—you um, know—it's it's completely different. Uh, adapting to the full course yellows, you know, full course yellow is something that's completely new for me, so there was a lot to learn on that side as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you have some fuel saving to do as well, which is of course not necessary in the Formula Two or Formula Three. Um, so in the end. I mean, it's probably too much to name, but, you know, those are just a few of, uh, you know, of the things I had to learn uh, within a week.
0: Yeah, it must be quite intense, and I suppose you can't practice all of those things in testing. Some of it has to be done on the fly, in the race.
1: Yeah, although I have to say I was quite happy that I did the uh, virtual Le Mans series, because, um, funny enough, that was very good preparation for the traffic management, especially, and, you know, some fuel saving as well. You know, I didn't think that would help me too much on the, in the real world, but uh, you know, it actually has helped me quite a lot in uh, in poor So that's just another funny, uh, funny side
0: note. Okay, that's really interesting. So, would you rely on sim racing to prepare for real-world single-seater races, or is this specific to endurance racing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer of sims. You know, in the, I mean, I think I'm probably the first generation really grow up with them Uh, probably not as much as the kids nowadays because they already you know you can already have a quite professional sim at a very young age with i-raising or r-factor you know of course I was still on a Xbox controller playing Formula One uh, (laughs) 2010 so um, you know but even even through that I think um, sim preparation is key Um, you know it's, it's always funny how realistic things can be of course you always need to have in mind there's always a bit of an offset compared to real life. But as long as you filter that out, I think it's always a great tool to have.
0: In what ways are Sims effective? What were you able to practice on a simulator and then apply to the real-world racing in Le Castellet?
1: Which parts of the track to use? Um, you know, also for the LMP2 car, of course, Paul Ricard have been there in, in F3. But, uh, you know, not all the lines are the same. Um, you also have quite a lot of variations in line over the whole track. So you can already kind of experiment with that. The only, the only thing, of course, is that you cannot really simulate traffic in a, in a professional sim, because of course you're not racing with, I do 40 others online. But yeah, those are just a few of the things that are very helpful. Setting up the car, you know, it's quite realistic nowadays as well.
0: But yeah, just to name a few. So looking ahead, the next race is in Imola, which is a very different circuit to La Castelle. What are your thoughts on the circuit and how will you approach the second weekend on the ELMS calendar?
1: Um, I actually just finished um, a sim session of Imola because uh, I've never been there before, so it's it's going to be completely new. Um, but you know, from all the images I've seen on TV, from all the you know, from all the laps I've done in the simulator, it looks like quite a quite an old school track. Um, the chicane, I think, will be key. You know, how to hit it in the perfect way. Um, and then you know there are some very classic corners as well. Uh, you know the Aqua. If, I forgot the name, but, uh, but The one before the weekend. Yeah, it's, it's quite uh, it's quite something. Uh, I think it's going to be a very exciting weekend. Um, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in with a um, with a good mindset. Um, but again, not being focused on the result at all. Just you know, go with the flow and uh, improve myself lap
0: by lap. So is there something about Algarve Pro Racing that enables you to thrive and progress as a racing driver?
1: Yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of experience in, uh, in, in, you know, uh, endurance racing and LP2 in particular. They are a very calm team. Uh, Of course, sometimes when when things do go wrong, you know, you will hear it, uh, but, you know, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I just feel very confident with the team that they give me enough time to get to know the tyres, to get to know the engineer, to get to know the car and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I think they're a very great team in um, you know, developing the driver as well.
0: Bent, thank you for joining me on Motorsport with Leverage. Best of luck for the next round of the European Le Mans series at Imola.
1: Yeah, thank you very much.
0: The ELMS Four Hours of Imola is scheduled for 15th of May. Be sure to like Algarve Pro Racing Team on Facebook and follow at AP Racing Team on Twitter and Instagram for regular news and behind the scenes content. In a recent development, it was confirmed that Algarve Pro will welcome yet another F2 star to its ranks. Jack Aitken will join American Am John Falb and Sophia Flesh to form a mighty LMP2 Pro Am lineup for the 90th edition of the 24 Hours of Le Mans. The Algarve Pro Aitken partnership started with two days of testing at Monza during the last week of April and while heavy rain initially limited the British Korean race's running, conditions improved sufficiently for him to clock up plenty of meaningful miles. Many of you may have followed Aitken on his ascent up the junior single-seater ladder into Formula 2 and an F1 reserve driver role with Williams Racing, with whom he made his Grand Prix debut in the 2020 Sakhir Grand Prix. However, Aitken is no stranger to 24-hour competition, having raced a Lamborghini Huracan GT3 in the 2021 Spa 24 Hours, which ended with a dramatic multi-car shunt that left him with a fractured collarbone and vertebrae. Mercifully, the 26-year-old Briton has made a full recovery and he is in the midst of a busy 2022 that encompasses the European Le Mans series, GT World Challenge Europe, ADAC GT Masters and now the 24 Hours of Le Mans with Car Pro. I look forward to welcoming Jack to Episode 2 of Motorsport with Leverage when we will preview this year's 24 Hours of Le Mans. But for now, let's refocus our attention on the Castellet as RLRM Sports' Horst Felix Felbermeyer is with me. Let's get straight down to business. This year you graduated from karting to car racing, but it's fair to say that motorsport is in your blood. Can you tell us about your family history and your own background today?
2: My grandfather was also racing, and also my father has competed in the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And so there is lots of blood, and there's a lot of racing in our blood. He also drove in the with my father, for some years on the Audi and KTM on the Crossbow. And they started on a Porsche. My father and my grandfather, I think they drove 15 years or something like that on Porsche race cars.
0: So you've been around racetracks your entire life?
2: Yeah, I think the first time I can remember was uh, when I was five years old. I was in Le Castellet, together with my father and my grandfather.
0: And Le Castellet is where you make your car racing debut. Was it quite surreal when you took to Circuit Paul Ricard for the first time?
2: Yeah, um, in, at this age, I never would have imagined that I will be driving a car on this track in a few years. So, there are 12 years. Uh, 12 years ago, I was there my first time and now, I've driven the car, the Lichier.
0: You have such a rich family history in motor racing, so did you not feel it was inevitable that you would end up racing yourself one day?
2: I think when I was five years old, I also started racing. So there was always this, yeah, I want to race, and I started with karting, and now, yeah, I'm driving the cars.
0: OK, well, you're at the very beginning of your car racing career and you've entered a European category that's part of the support bill for the European Le Mans series. How did you feel about that and what were your hopes and expectations going into the 2022 season?
2: Yeah, um, I hope to finish in the top five, maybe also in the top three at the end of the season. So top five would be really nice, but top three would be much better. So but top five is my goal. I don't have any different goals, just to learn, race by race, and keep improving.
0: But stepping straight into a European car racing category, was that quite daunting?
2: Not so much, because I um, also was driving in the European category in karts. I can say, yeah, I feel really comfortable, because it was a karting, I think I drove two or three years in big series. So it was not a big change.
0: Well it's fantastic to hear that confidence. But how did you find that transition from carts to cars?
2: It's really different because in carts it everything goes much faster. You know, you have to do a lot more in carts. You also need to be a little bit fitter, because in the kart, for example, in the shifter, you have the gear changes and you don't have a long straight. For example, in Le Cancelier, you drive over 10 seconds just in a straight.
0: But what lessons and skills have you carried from karting into the Ligier European Series?
2: Um, Yeah, for sure, the overtaking. You learn the overtaking karting and you have to go on in the cars. For sure, I learned a lot for overtaking in the car and also in the strategy so how should I do it now but the biggest um, difference was the pit stops and the safety car.
0: Your father Horst Junior Felbermayer is racing with RLRM Sport in the European Le Mans series so do you lean on him for guidance and support both at and away from the racetrack?
2: Yes for sure and I'm also really happy that he's always with me so It's really nice.
0: And what sort of support and guidance is he good for?
2: Every kind. He just tells me, for example, after qualifying, he tells me what I could have done better and what I can improve. So, yeah, he just tells me to improve and what to improve.
0: So let's rewind to your first ever car race in the Ligier European Series Le Castellet Heat. You fought your way up from sixth on the starting grid to third position. How do you reflect on that race and result?
2: It was a really nice race. So also the overtaking, I think it was from P5 to P4. This one was really nice out of the fast right corner. I can remember I had a little bit oversteering, a little bit too fast in the corner, but then to the next corner, Breaking uh, at a late break point, it was really nice overtake and yeah, it, overall it was a really nice race. And also the start was really nice, but I also had luck at the start because two guys spun in front of me. It was a little bit of a labyrinth
0: to go out of this traffic jam. Excellent. It sounds like the Le Castellet experiences have really inspired confidence. Of course, now we go on to Imola, a very different racetrack.
2: Imola is very small compared to the... compared to Le Céline, there are no runoff areas, but I really like the track. It's really technical, it's one of the old ones, like Barcelona, something like that. And also from karting, I like the technical tracks. For example, there's Amping in Germany. It's a small track really physical and technical, but this, uh, this track, it suits me. I don't know why, but I'm fast on this track. I think it's um, harder to go to the limit, to push to the limit, because if you're over the limit, you maybe you land in the gravel on a track where not many runoff areas.
0: Well, Horst Felix Felbermayer, it was a mightily impressive start to your car racing career in Le Castellet. I wish you all the best for Imola and thank you for chatting with me on Motorsport with Leverage. The Ligier European Series accompanies the European Le Mans Series and Michelin Le Mans cut to Imola on the 13th to the 14th of May. And you can keep up with the RLRM Sport's three-pronged 2022 campaign by liking the official RLRM Sport Facebook page and following at RLRM Sport on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for joining me and be sure to return for the June edition of Motorsport with Leverage, in which we will review the 2022 FIA World Endurance Championship, six hours of Spa-Francorchamps before looking ahead to the big one, the 90th running of the 24 hours of Le Mans.